The Spanish announce table. You're looking like uh, Stan Stasiak. <laughs> right. Looking like me? No. Sean. Wait a minute. Yeah, Sean was the... the yeah, so you, I, I said wrong. Stan was in good shape, too, but really, Sean was the ripped one. Yeah, you're looking like Sean Stasiak. Yeah. You're going to come running at me, and I'm going to sidestep you and throw you into a milk truck, and then I'm going to take my milk hose and then spray WCW ECW down. Yeah. That Kurt Angle, baby. Yes. I, uh, I'm not that ripped now. I've, I haven't been working out lately because I've just been so busy at work that like I've been putting in probably 50-plus hours a week. So I'm coming home and working several hours and then just kind of going to bed and stuff. So Why? Uh, we just had a couple big projects that would be like if we were able to win them, it would be like the biggest projects we've done in years. So we're just really putting all in on it, trying to get them. And then, you know, this is how it goes. Um, so I'm thinking it's about to clear up here in a little bit, though. I'll get back into the working out, man. But How long have you been there? Uh, it'll be three years in October. No way. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem that long. I know it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Three That's years crazy. in October. And um, so I've been busy doing that, but we went to Omaha. Uh, the wife Yeah. How was that? Just just yeah. the wife and I, the wife, which is the term that she loves that I call her, the wife. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, went up to Omaha and did the zoo. You ever been to the Omaha Zoo? I feel like I have. They call it the largest I- zoo in the world. Yeah, I, like I feel. First, depends, I, yeah. yeah, I feel like yes, I've walked through that, but I can't tell you any memory I've had. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, where you're like that seems familiar, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and we, you know, for what it was, because we both have a little bit of that thought of like eh, zoos. They're not really all that of uh, the greatest thing, you know what I mean, for the animals and stuff. So you're kind of like, oh man, I really want to stare at a sad tiger. Right, like you know what I mean. Oh, like, yeah. uh, you know, so there was some of that, but this one's huge. It's got a really awesome aquarium where you can like walk in a tunnel with just sharks mm-hmm. and everything, just uh, swimming around all over you. And there's penguins and stuff. I mean, it's a really cool place. Uh, we did that, and I found uh, a spot to take her was Omaha's uh, only all vegan comfort food restaurant. So we went and ate there, and it was really good. It's called Modern Love. If anybody's in Omaha, I give that a a, a recommendation. Solid. Uh, recommendation from Tim of the Spanish announce table right there. You can tell him that at the door. It'll get you nothing, but yeah, yeah, I probably won't get you anywhere. Uh, I like zoos. I like zoos, but my problem with zoos is that we put animals that don't belong in certain climates in those. Right. So, so for example, I'm making this up, right? So let's just say that peacocks should be in the hottest state in the country right? right so you would put them in texas i'm just assuming texas is the hottest state i don't know but you get what i'm saying there right mm-hmm. so all the peacocks should be in texas a peacock shouldn't be in vermont you right. know what i mean yeah. or a polar bear shouldn't be in florida mm-hmm. that's where i think it's weird i like zoos but i wish just like traveling when you go to certain areas, like this place is really cool. It's, you know, the fall is beautiful here. I think you should also go to zoos and be like, well, in this region, they only have these things because that's where they thrive. And if they don't like, you shouldn't be taking animals out of their uh, climate is basically my biggest beef. Cause think about July and the poor polar bears in Omaha that they don't need to, it's hot. Get out of here. They need to be in ice. Yeah. So, so put them in Alaska. Yeah, and and you know what I did like about this is, and so most of this trip was a was just um, w- my wife and I had been watching a bunch of our friends' kids while they had things going on and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. I was like, hey, 
somebody's watching our kids and we're going away. You know what I mean? I was like, this it's our turn. So so we did that and then um but the zoo, you know what I do around then is I start doing I start reading it like it's a museum. I'm reading all the signs everywhere. I'm learning everything that they've got posted all over the place. A lot of people just kinda walk by, but so like at the Omaha Zoo mm-hmm. they've got this new state of the art uh, elephant housing area so it is more climate controlled they've got like a floor that like will sift through so like the uh you know urine and stuff that they're doing settles out and all that kind of stuff and they and they've got it set up so they can do better research on them and all that kind of stuff uh there was i, I learned there was over a hundred thousand individual muscles in the trunk of an elephant the human body only has 650 only has 650 muscles elephants. and this has over a hundred thousand yeah so that was really neat and then did you know elephants are either left or right tusked like where you're handed, mean? like if you're left-handed or right-handed, they are they have a predominant tusk that they use. I don't know. I still don't get that. So they like grab things with well, that. They'll, yeah, they'll knock it down. They'll knock stuff off the trees. They'll root. They'll grind. Right. Gotcha. So, yeah. So they said you can tell if they're right or left tusk by seeing which one is shorter because they're always banging it against stuff and it's and chipping it away. Oh, yeah, look at that! Neat, right. So I love Omaha animals. was awesome. Omaha was really cool. Here was a fun, uh, neat thing that made me think I'm in the Matrix. Um, we get to Omaha uh, in the evening, and we're at the hotel. We get everything in, and she was like, "Well, let's go. Uh, let's go grab something to eat." So we just walk down to a, a restaurant, which Omaha has got a nice uh, nightlife going on in downtown Omaha. It's fun. It's fun town. Um, so you easy? No, seriously. I, here's what I, I know. know about Omaha: is four hundred fifty thousand people. I had no clue mm-hmm. Omaha was as big as it was. Right? Mm-hmm. It um, is. So. So, uh, so it, that's what I think was leading to that pleasant surprise. I was like, look, there are, there's people here. So I was just kind of, wow, who would have known? So I, it's only, you know, the birthplace of a president and Warren Buffett and, you know, who would have known? So we get there and we, uh, we walk down to a close by restaurant, a little Mexican restaurant and the waiter is awesome. He's, he, you know, we tell him it's our first time there. So he's telling us certain things about the zoo to not, you know, don't miss this, don't miss that. And a few things about the town. And then. Uh, we thank him, you know, we go back to the hotel, go to sleep, wake up the very next morning, right? Like just, you know, it was like 9am. We're going to go to the zoo and let's go get breakfast. We go to a different restaurant on a different street, right? And the guy seating you at the thing was this guy, the same waiter from the night before at the other restaurant. And he was like, just two of you. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, were you in here yesterday? And I went, no, we went to another restaurant. He's like, oh yeah, I have two jobs. And I was like, yeah, I noticed. (laughs) I was like, geez, man. Guy gets no sleep. So look at that. Poor guy. Right. So there, uh, the glitch in the matrix was in Omaha, and I found it. Same there waiter. There you go. Right. Same waiter. Wrong restaurant. What about you? Oh, man? Okay. What have you done? Good. Well, first off, did your wife have a good good time? Oh yeah. No, we yeah we did. We had a great time. It was very relaxing. You know, trying to get away. We also Sunday uh, the day after on our way back, we drove over to Lincoln, over to a lake, and I got us um two hour stand up paddleboard like. Rides and lessons, mm-hmm. kind of thing like that. Have you ever mm-hmm. done that? The stand-up paddleboard? No, it no, is no, no. hard. Yeah, that's why I don't do Ooh, it. It is hard. It is an awesome workout. Uh, but my wife did lose her prescription sunglasses in the lake when she fell in one time, so she's pretty upset. That'll do it. Yep, yep. that'll do it. Ruin the whole trip. Yep, right there. End of it. Bye. Yep. That's it. Omaha sucks. Never going back. Never going back. Actually, I'm going to Lincoln. Uh, next weekend, not this coming weekend, but next weekend, uh, James Krause is fighting uh, in the UFC at the uh, Prudential or Pinnacle Arena, whatever it's called up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to Lincoln to watch him fight. It should be good. It's going to be on FS2 for anyone who's interested. The James uh, next Krause, Saturday. friend of the show. Yeah. Didn't you yeah, beat yeah. him in a, in a ECW trivia right here on the show, like decidedly? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. That wasn't even a fair fight. We did that'd that be like if I fought Scott, him. I think too. Yeah, that'd be like if I fought him. That's how bad I beat him in the CCW. Right, yeah, as if we actually fought and he beat me. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a, like, one time we rolled. One time we rolled for five minutes and he tapped me out twelve times. Yikes! Wow, yeah. that's a good clip. Yeah. That's yeah, it's a so, good clip. One time he got me in he, one time he tapped me out twice within I'm not kidding you probably 20 seconds. <laughs> it, was, it was one where I grabbed his gi and he just did this wrist lock and I was like ah and I tapped and then another one where I grabbed it and he just went right into an armbar and I was like son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Sucks. Yeah, he's great. He's a black belt. Uh so we're going to watch him fight. Um but yeah, so what I've done since we last talked, which was like two weeks ago, yeah. two major fun things. So two weeks ago, uh, my stepdad, uh, to give you a little backstory, my stepdad is a season ticket holder at the Kansas Speedway out by you, right? Yes. And so uh, by being a season ticket holder, for some reason, uh, you get to drive your car on the track for two laps. So I took my 2011 Honda Accord and I took that bitch and I took it two laps around the racetrack. Now there was 30 cars on the track with us. So it wasn't just like me and my stepdad. My stepdad took his, uh, 2015 Corvette. So, you know, he took a car appropriate for a racetrack. I took a Honda Accord, but the two rules were you can't pass the car in front of you. And you can't be acting stupid. So they had a pace car and then they had cops and motorcycles just in case if you got stupid, you know, so they made sure you weren't going to get dumb out there. But I got up to 75 miles per hour. Nice. I tell you what, the biggest jolt was from the pits onto the track, the change in elevation, the instant curve in the track, you know, holy crap it was so cool and here's the fun thing for all the wrestling fans that are listening because this is the spanish announce table uh i played alistair black's uh root of all evil and the uh the song hit as soon as i got onto the racetrack it was like and it was like yeah even emily was like this is cool i was like i feel like amazing i feel like a rock star you know and i was like driving (laughs) going you know 70 miles per hour i've gone faster in my car than 70 miles per hour but still on a racetrack it was cool i went up high on the bank to see what that felt like i was down low by the white line to see what that felt like i was going up and down you know responsibly to see what they all felt like it was so cool so cool oh man it's the best so that was the first thing then the second thing was this past weekend we went to the kc improv to see one of my favorite stand-up comedians, Joey Coco Diaz. Yeah. You don't know who he is. Google him. He's hilarious. Uh, saw him on Friday night. Uh, went to the early show. He made me cry three different times from laughing so hard. Hilarious. Awesome. Right? So yeah. we go home. We we're like, that was the best. That was so much fun. Awesome. Right? So Saturday morning, I go, I'm going to get a cardio kickboxing class in at Glory MMA and Fitness. Yeah. I'm going to go to the Northland location because uh, one of the owners, Zach Cummings and young Matt Waters, told me, hey, you should come up tomorrow uh, and get a class in. I was like, that's weird. You guys have never told me to do that before, but sure. Why not? I'll be there. Why not? Get there. And guess who's warming up? Joey Coco Diaz and he's doing the cardio kickboxing class with me and it was so cool he tried so hard now 
let's be realistic. He's a 55-year-old fat guy getting in better shape as he gets older. So he's not going to kill it. He wasn't. He didn't do anything impressive, right? It wasn't like a basketball player dunking from the free throw line. He did everything well. Right. He did everything well. He tried really hard. His effort level was off the charts. Uh, he looked like he belonged. So it wasn't like he was like, wow, what is this right. guy doing? He, he knew what he was doing. Right. And he He's was a fat bastard. And he was so... So pleasant. After the class took pictures with us all, individually took pictures with us all uh, in a group. I talked to him about the show that he had the night before. He talked to me about what he was feeling from the crowd. It was so cool to hear one from a stand-up comedian's point of view of what a stand-up, you know, not a special, but set is like. Uh, So that was cool. Oh, he was such a sweet couldn't be more of a great guy. And then he always does his periscope on Twitter where it's like the, the church of what's happening now. And he just does a little periscope saying, hey, it's Monday morning, cocksuckers and all this shit. And he gave us a shout out on that. And I was like, this is the best. That's fun. That was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I've never seen you in, in the picture that you sent me so sweaty and smiley at the same time. Yeah. Well, and it was like that because, you know, we we got after it. We, Matt Waters put us through a hard class. It was one of those classes where you, you had to mentally get tough. You're like, okay, wait a minute. We still have 15 minutes. Okay. Like, I'm not quitting. It was where you had to – you know when it's a good workout, and this is kind of a rule of thumb for me. If, if after a workout I think back during that workout and I had to ne- negotiate my fitness, that's when I know it's a good workout. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I to go – Oh my God. Okay. So I have 15 minutes. I can give three minutes really hard right now. I can coast for a minute and then hopefully catch my second win and get me to the end of the class. When you have to do that mentally, you know, at the current time you're getting your ass kicked and that's a good workout. So if anyone's wanting to know, Hey, am I doing fitness training? Right. Consider that. That's what I would recommend. But yeah. So those two things. So cool. Had such a great time. Such a great time. Yeah, it, it sounds like um, we, you know, we had a two week break, but that's because we had to fit so much fun in into our lives. You know what I mean? We don't owe you all everything, right? Sometimes yeah. for us. Well, yeah, I mean, we're, we're not getting paid. You know, this well, is yeah. a, you know this is a luxury. And look, we're we're Tim and Tom, but this is the Spanish announce table, and you know we're gonna be a little more honest, maybe. This, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's free podcast, right? deal with it <laughs> now we're gonna try our hardest of to course. every week but if it don't happen guess what it ain't happening we love all of you please don't leave us all right so tom uh i think the biggest news uh the sad news man the anvil jim the anvil Nightheart has passed away um i think we got the news at the same time probably from the wwe app notification um what what were your initial thoughts when you saw that well from what I remember from the first season of Total Divas, I remember something to the effect that Natty Nightheart always brought up that her dad had health problems. Yeah. So I wasn't necessarily stunned, right? It wasn't, for example, um, I'm trying to think of someone in great physical health late in their life just passing away, right? It wasn't it wasn't this beacon of fitness that then just drops dead. 
uh, I was aware through Total Divas, through Natty Nightheart, through other people, you know, associated with with Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Uh, you know, sometimes his health dipped, right? Mm-hmm. So I wasn't necessarily shocked. I was saddened, but I was just in, I wasn't. It wasn't like a sudden. Oh my God! Right? It like wasn't what a, happened. A, right? Yeah. It wasn't a yeah. It wasn't a sudden impact. It was a more. Oh, that stinks. You know. Uh, but you know, one of the things that we do in 2018, ever since really the dawn of social media is we do these retrospectives. Uh, this was what my experience with this person was like, or this is my memory of this person. Here's a highlight package of this person's career and whatever form of entertainment. And you saw that. And I thought it was good. I thought obviously WWE does the best of that. Uh, so their tribute to him was fantastic. Um, and reading all of the support that Natty got. And, you know, for longtime uh, listeners of this podcast, you know that I do not think she's a good wrestler. But that doesn't mean I don't think she's a good person. I've always said she's a good person. Right. I just never thought she should be in the WWE, frankly. Oh, so yeah. Right, right, right. Those, those feelings aside of, you know, professionally, yeah, of course, you feel for someone personally when they lose a father, mother, anyone close to them. Uh, and I thought everyone's reactions, you know, were appropriate. I didn't necessarily see anything crazy. It wasn't like when uh, Brian Christopher and um, oh, who was the other rest? Oh, and Nikolai Volkov died, and Sabu going off saying how much Brian Christopher was a piece of shit and all that stuff. It wasn't like everyone's reactions. I thought were were good. Uh, right. I also, you know what? And another thing, and I'll let you, you know have your two cents here in just a second. But the other thing that I instantly thought of is how lonely. And again, professionally, you guys know how I feel about Bret Hart, but how lonely personally Bret Hart has to feel. Now, I don't know if he has a best friend that's outside of the industry that I've never heard of, but from an outsider's point of view, looking in, I've always thought his closest friends were Jim, the Anvil Nightheart, British Bulldog, Owen Hart, and to a lesser extent, but still probably pretty close. Cause they, traveled the towns together um uh oh i'm blanking on his name uh loose cannon um, brian pillman brian pillman and and those four people were you know his running crew and now they're all passed away i thought yeah. I, that was that was another initial thought where i go man that has to be a, a sickening feeling you know so i felt bad for him as well yeah what about you I yeah I remember he was one of the earliest wrestling memories I have from like my youth I remember liking the Hart Foundation and I remember mimicking his laugh while tugging at my imaginary beard my imaginary goatee you know what I mean like and doing that head shaking laugh he was the epitome of what the the cliche pro wrestler was back then right loud screaming but just huge and just built like a brick shit house and could just toss people around you know um he just you know what i mean was intensity back then you know what i mean pre ultimate warrior he was like one of the more intense guys that like came across the screen like he was gonna shake it right you know what i mean right mm-hmm. so was, oh yeah uh, yeah super fun um so yeah that's sad that uh you know there goes you know, there goes yet another wrestling legend. Um, yeah, let me read. You said you didn't hear how he died. I just saw yeah. this before the show doing some research. Yeah, I, my only news was through Twitter, seeing, reading the headline, moving on. Because, you know, yeah, not that, not that I didn't care, but 
when someone passes away, like I get the story passed away. Yeah. So, but you said there were some more well, details. All right, this is from TMZ. Jim the Anvil Neidhart's wife told emergency personnel that the ex WWE superstar collapsed while appearing to have a seizure early Monday morning and slammed his head when he fell to the ground. Elizabeth Neidhart told investigators Jim was having difficulty sleeping and got out of bed to change the thermostat. But when Jim went to touch it, he, quote, turned weirdly as if he were about to dance. He then fell towards the wall and ground, uh, the investigation report says. Elizabeth called 911 thinking he was having a seizure since he suffers from seizures and takes medication for it. So then officials arrived to his home. They found the 63-year-old on the floor with a four-inch gash on his face. Investigators found medication at the home, but none of the medication appeared to have been abused, and he was pronounced dead a short time later. Um, yeah, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I knew he was having, you know, failing health, as it were, if, if that's the correct thing to say, but I didn't realize it was like that, like seizures and, you know what I mean, that he was like a fall risk. So that was a bit shocking. I thought it was more of a degradation, you know, slow degradation due to the wear and tear on body, which maybe that's what was leading to the seizures, maybe. I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. Again, like I said, I've I I had heard things, but honestly, I didn't dig too deep because I felt like it's none of my business. But I had heard things about failing health. About I, I even think when I uh, in one of those early episodes of Total Divas, when I was just trying to see what the show was like, yeah, I think they did. Right. Mm-hmm. I think they focused an episode on just Natty trying to make sure that Jim would be okay. So. Yeah, like I said, I wasn't necessarily shocked that he passed away, but I was definitely sad. And so that is unfortunate to say the least. Yeah. Well, is there any other big news? Maybe something happier? I, I found one story that um, is a good hearted story. Yeah, let's hear it. Titus O'Neill is going to be Baby Braun. What does that mean? Titus O'Neill recently took to Instagram and announced his intentions to open up a tuition-free school similar to the one NBA star LeBron James recently opened up, and here's what he had to say about the endeavor. Quote, just finished up a phone conversation with my Bullard Family Foundation and uh, some Twitter account. The folks with hopes of moving forward with plans to start a public school similar to what LeBron James did and will provide free tuition, uniforms, transportation, food pantry, adult education services, and more. He says, when you take the limits off the possible, it opens a highway to the possibilities. I'm just an ordinary guy with an extraordinary vision to duplicate the love and efforts that were used to get me to where I am today as a man. Uh, Titus O'Neil, man, going for, you know, dad of the year, man of the year. He, just like Natty Nightheart, I think are two of the sweetest person people that are employed by WWE that don't need to be, well, but that don't need to be employed by WWE. Like, I think they are great people. And I think if we're shooting here, I think that's what keeps them employed, right? Maddie Nightheart is the godmother, it feels like, backstage to all of the women's division. And Titus O'Neil, I don't know if any wrestler that's been in the mid-card has ever got this much praise for outside endeavors. And it's Cena, essentially, and and. Titus. (laughs) Titus. <laughs> right. I mean? Yeah. For, yeah. for, yeah, outside endeavors of goodwill. Right. But, but unlike Cena, Titus O'Neill, there's a reason why his first name isn't Charisma and it's Titus. <laughs> yeah. And, well, yeah. I mean, this is the guy that trips and slides under the ring in front of the largest audience they've like ever had around yeah. the world. <laughs> yeah. But good for him. I'm proud of him. I hope. Yeah, I hope. And a great thing to do. I mean, you know. Yeah. Just try, but to me, okay, if he's doing that great stuff, 
let's use those abilities instead of his lack of wrestling abilities and just put him in that department. Just create a, I don't know what you, you call it, a community well, sure involvement chair. Sure. Sure That's what I'm saying. It. Just make him, make him the community involvement chair of the active roster and get him off my TV. He yeah, you sucks. don't see, you know, I know they've got Otunga doing legal stuff. You don't see him out there. With yeah. Apollo Cruz trying to do something, man, like I don't know. just get them all out of here. Uh, but that, that is a good story. I didn't mean to shit on it because, but that's <laughs> when I think of Titus. Well, yeah, you did. <laughs> no, I didn't mean to do that. It just happened. <laughs> right, Cause, yeah, because we're honest we're gonna, here, right? Yeah, because we're gonna go in our next two segments on uh, our picks for NXT and uh, SummerSlam, the uh, Takeover and SummerSlam, and uh, as I was kind of just looking over the card. I just I just got put kind of in a sour mood because I just thought, look how bloated and constipated these cards are because of just so much talent, which is a good thing, but not used in an entertaining fashion. I don't care about the property and all this stuff. I'm just saying there's a ton of people that I see where I go. I'm okay if that character never comes back. Yeah. So and I get the idea is it's. The big shows, right? So let's get everybody we can on the big show. Well, you know what, man? If you spread this out some, maybe the other shows would feel bigger. You know what I mean? If if you found other meaningful storylines that those other people could use up on that time. You know what I mean? Like, is it? I, yeah. I, I've always thought, just like in the Attitude Era, and you can say what you want about the Attitude Era, but the one thing that was constant and what I think what made it great is – there wasn't a, hey, let's get everyone on the show. It was, we're putting the best on here, and if you're not the best on here, you're going to be on heat, or you're going to yeah. be on whatever it is. And you know, an attempt and, at a story on everything. You know? Yeah, and now it's uh, it's just blech. But anyhow, back to Titus O'Neil. Great job, guy. Great job. Hey, another story I saw Ooh. where I'm just going to – this isn't necessarily like a good story, but I don't <laughs> like Dave Meltzer, so I'm yeah. going to just tell you it. So did you see about Dave Meltzer? Mm-hmm. He made some, I don't know if it was derogatory. It was kind of his opinion, but he kind of with his uh, platform and his um, positioning in the wrestling industry, he should have kept to himself. But he basically was uh, making um, judgments on Peyton Royce's looks and how it's evolved from NXT to the main roster and how he likes some of those yeah. uh um, uh, changes and how he dislikes some of the looks that she's been presenting. Mm-hmm. And man, did he get backlashed from everyone? Seth Rollins said minus six stars, Dave. Uh, <laughs> MVP <laughs> just went off on him. Obviously, Peyton Royce defended herself. And again, we on this little show called Spanish Announce Table, which were trending worldwide. show. Well, we trended worldwide once, yep. uh, but if we're being realistic, we can kind of say what we want and whatever, right? We try to be reasonable in this second go around. We're going to try. We'll see how long that lasts. But if you're Dave Meltzer and you know who you are, I, there has to be a filter where you say like, is this going to get me in trouble? We can say whatever we want because suck it from the back. We, we can go back to our day jobs. Dave Meltzer's job right. is the wrestling observer. So you better think next time you talk. And I think he's just ruined wrestling, personally. I, I can't – he's ruined yeah, wrestling. Yeah, he went from like – yeah, early on being like 
a name that people were like, oh, Dave Meltzer. And then everybody started realizing, like, oh. Mm, Dave well, no, Meltzer. I don't. I, well, personality aside, I think what his job is is ruined wrestling. I hate yes. it. I, yeah. I, I hate the. Now, personally, I don't know anything about him or Wade Keller. Wade Keller, I've heard on CM Roberts' podcast, seems like a perfectly fine guy. I've heard him on Stone Cold's podcast, seems like a perfectly fine guy. Dave Melter wears a little bit too tight a shirt, uh, wears a fanny pack out in public, and is not an athlete. Um, and I think he gets a hard-on when people say his name. I don't know if I necessarily like him. But it's the only industry that I'm aware of where we talk about uh, a storyline on television and we incorporate the real person's contract or backstage position positioning. Yeah. I've never once, I've never once watched the Godfather and go, did Al Pacino and Marlon Brando actually like each other? I heard there was heat. Oh, I bet you in this scene when they're talking to each other. Oh, I bet you this is a shoot. Wrestling is so bizarre. You guys are all dorks if you watch it. Um, I'm a dork. But if you if you listen to Meltzer, yeah. you're ultra dork, um, and that's okay. But I'm just saying, I think it's ruined wrestling because it's made us so bizarrely weird. For example, we're gonna go, like I said earlier, into our picks uh -huh. in the next two segments. But I'm not gonna give you this. Well, I think he pulled his hamstring, so in this match, I'm going with the other guy. I'm just saying, hey, this storyline would make sense if this guy happened to win, yeah. or if this lady would win, or if this swerve would happen. That would be fun, and that's what I'm picking. I'm no longer doing the, well, Daniel Bryan's contract is up in six months, so they're probably gonna put the Miz over. Like, shut up, you dorks. Enjoy like it like that. it's television. Well, yeah, because, uh, yeah, I, I almost would rather the picks uh, be us saying how they should do it. You know, like, here's how yeah. you should do it, and here's what, you know, it could lead to. Yeah, you know? we're all so, making picks from a television standpoint. Yeah, so then let's get into a break then, so we can come back and do that with a fresh mind. We can wipe off some of the sadness of the Nightheart passing away, uh, feel good about the future of, of the youth because of Titus O'Neil, and then great uh, job that and then, there. And then feel good about ourselves because we're not Dave Meltzer. Yes, <laughs> you dork. All right, then we will come back and we will make. Uh, we'll start with NXT Takeover Brooklyn Four picks. That's a mouthful. When we come back to the Spanish announce table. Fun fact: Randy Savage lost all of his WWF and WCW World Titles to two guys, Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. The Spanish announce table. Yeah, I, I just don't. I going the Dave Meltzer thing just bothers me. It just bothers me because that's so bizarre. You have a you have a job being a leech, and that's what you are. You you were the 1980s version of pro wrestling TMZ. Yeah. Like you you didn't. Now, one thing that I did like, or I do like that he does, and maybe I agree or disagree, is I enjoy the hey, this was the house show, and these are how good the matches are, right? Or sure. And, or even the, hey, that storyline doesn't make sense. I think Flair should have went over instead of Randy Savage. Whatever it is, right? I like all of that stuff. I like his, this is my opinion on what I'm viewing. Where I get so freaked out is, you know who's going to be the third guy in the NWO? Mabel. And it's like, shut up. <laughs> who cares? You know who it was? It was Hogan. And that's all that matters. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, again, that'd be like if we watched Scarface and be like, you know, it wasn't going to be Al Pacino. It was going to be Tom Hanks and go, yeah. I don't care. I liked it with Al Pacino. Shut up. Right. Yeah. Shut up. Like, well, yeah, it's a bunch of what ifs. Why are we going to? Yeah. Or, or backstage, there's uh there's a negotiation problem between Steve Austin and Vince McMahon. Okay. Did Steve Austin hit a stunner and chug some beer? I'm happy. Yeah. I don't care what happens back there. I only care what's on my screen and if I like it or not. Well, coming up on your screen this weekend, Saturday night from Brooklyn, Tom, is NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. How excited are you? Did you like that segue? That was a great segue. The finger guns there. Yeah. Uh, That was a good one, right? No, uh, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4, Tom. I initial thoughts before we dig into the five matches that have been announced thus far although i have yet to watch tonight we're recording this wednesday night so i've yet to watch tonight's episode of nxt so who knows but i'm sad from a storyline again i'm only talking about storyline so i do not care what happened backstage but i'm a little bit bummed that the the wrinkle in the Tommaso Ciampa Johnny Gargano match having Alistair Black in there with them yeah. isn't going to be there. You're right. So now yeah. it's back to a one on one match. Which He's again, injured, hey, right? Black, right? Yeah. yeah, or he got jumped. That's the storyline. Is yeah, he got well, no, jumped? I think and we he's don't legit know injured. I think. Is right. Right. But I don't care. Right. Right. Like, I don't care. Well, Whatever. sure, but I mean, like, yeah, right. but he could be taking vacation. It was my thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he could be taking a mandatory vacation. Doesn't matter to me. Right. But I I would have liked that little wrinkle me of yeah. f- for the third time in a row, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, but this time Alistair Black, the former champion, inserts himself into this story. Now, how the cards fell, I love it, right? Because I think I think it would have been weird if Tommaso Ciampa was out of that match, and it's Johnny Gargano, Alistair Black. Then it's right. like, this feels yeah, it, weird. Either one of the other two guys in, in the match really could have went south quick. Right. So with the scenario how it is, it's almost the best-case scenario if one of them can't be in the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to that. The The one guy that I'm, I'm ready to really see flourish and get some fun, fun storylines, and he's been hitting it out of the ballpark since he's debuted the character, but Velveteen Dream. I'm ready for him to yes. – I, I don't want to – I'm not ready for this, uh, you know, push to the main roster, and now he's doing a – uh, a weird storyline, gold dust, yeah, razor no, Ramon, no. like uh, with like no, a Roman Reigns there for a while. Yeah, I want him to be the the mainstay weirdo in uh, NXT, but I want more of his character featured as like the focal point. But yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I like it. Yeah, me too. I think you hit on exactly some of the things I've been. One of the takeaways is is I am not into the mustache mountain whatsoever or even really the undisputed era outside of adam cole like you know i like him i like him and that match that they had at the nxt uk yeah when when mustache mountain won the title i thought was really good i like him uh i wish they would tell the story a little bit more because from the story they say is the fat guy trained the little guy Mm mm-hmm and I think they should play that up a little bit. I would like more storylines where the fat guy gets made fun of for being old fat. or slow, something or fat, uh, and <laughs> the little guy, fat. yeah, and the little guy, you know, 
fights for the honor of his teacher. I wish there was more of a, not father-son, because of obviously the, the priest stuff that happened in Pennsylvania yeah, this week. Right, yeah. But you know what I'm saying, though? That little, like, hey, this is my teacher. I'm fighting for his honor. He taught me how to wrestle, and I'll show you. I wish there was a little bit more of that. Yeah, I agree with that, too. Um, so let's kick it off. Uh, I'm pulling this off of CBS Sports as of, I think, yesterday. So uh, we'll kick it off with the guy I think we both want to see more of, Velveteen Dream and EC3. So you're right, man. I'm picking him, Velveteen Dream, to win here because I, I want to see more. And he's lost so many. Like, I want to see him win more take on some of the top dudes inserting himself into that like hey i'm going for the title maybe not immediately but you know what i mean like set that as like that's what he's after but he's gonna go after it weirdly because that's what he does yeah and i think it's weird not weird but i think it's uh not necessarily i don't even know if it's either sad either but uh it's different for me to see that EC3 is going to be the guy that loses to Velveteen Dream, right? I feel like he's been kind of floating. So, right, he did the little three fingers in the crowd at one of the NXT takeovers, and they're like, oh, my God, EC3's coming to NXT. And then he had the great match alongside the 100 other guys that were in that ladder match, you know? Yeah. But other than that, it feels like he's just kind of floating around, looking amazing. Yeah. And... Velveteen Dream has had really great stories, right? The Say My Name with Aleister Black story was great. Yeah, Yeah, the uh, You May Be the King, But I'm the Dream with Ricochet I thought was really good. So with this one, and he lost those other two, I feel like if he loses three, you can't take him credible as as a heel or just as a superstar, right? Then he becomes Bray Wyatt where it goes, you're just saying riddles and you're just saying nonsense and you lose all the time. Right. And so I feel I'm going with uh, Velveteen dream, but it should be interesting to see where EC three goes after this, right? The top 1%. Right. If I were booking it, I might want to do 1999 Chris Jericho where EC three is like, Hey, I'm the top 1%, and then when he loses, he just throws a fit. He you know, throws the stairs. He rips off a ring announcer's jacket or something you know, and, and plays up this, this shouldn't happen to me. I'd you know? go million-dollar man style and have him like buying his way into some things or, you know what I mean, getting himself out of trouble with money. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. right mm-hmm. the top 1%. But something needs to be right? turned up on him. Yeah. Yeah, but something exactly. needs to be turned up because yeah, right now – yeah, his character's hitting at a solid 70%. It needs to get to like an 85, 90 for me to really buy into that character. But Velveteen Dream has been remarkable. Like him so much. He's awesome. All right. Uh, uh, let's see. Back to CBSSports.com here. The NXT Tag Team Championship. Ooh, I'll read their little uh, blurbs about the match, too. Undisputed Era take their titles and defend them against Mustache Mountain. If you saw these two teams battle one another in London, and if you saw the rematch on NXT TV where Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong took the championship back, then you have no choice but to be excited to see these two teams run it back one more time. Trent Seven and Tyler Bate are looking to add their names to the short list that feature two-time NXT Tag Team Champions in what should challenge uh, the aforementioned Cole Ricochet bout for Match of the Night honors. What do you think? You think this one can get Match of the Night? Well, you know, I agree with uh, uh, your analogy where the more people you add, the better the match should be, right? right yeah. So there shouldn't be a rest period if you have four people compared to two people. Right. Um, so, yeah, it definitely could be just for that 
factor alone. Sure. And because of all four guys seem to be really good. I like Kyle Riley. I like when he does the air guitar on the title belt as he walks down to the yeah. ring. I think that's funny. Friend of the show, Kyle Riley. Yes, uh, he is. I remember when he told us when we interviewed him because we still had our mask on. He's like, you know, you don't have to wear the mask. Yeah. yeah he's like, wait, aren't, are you guys, aren't you just audio? Like, why are you wearing them? <laughs> We're in character, Kyle. Because we were complaining that they were, like, hot. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. well, take them off, to... morons. <laughs> no, I don't want to. It makes me feel comfortable. So It's a security blanket. Yeah, so you don't um, see my ugly face. Right. right. Uh, but I've got, uh, I've got the Undisputed Era in this yeah. because I think, uh, oh, the, the, the old weird guy that's hurt, whatever his name is. I've, I'm blanking on it. What's the old weird guy? He was oh, part of the oh. Red Dragons. Um, Red Dragon. Um, yeah. Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish. I think Bobby Fish is healthy. That's just a guess. Uh, um, and ready to come back. Yeah. And so I think, and again, I'm not doing the backstage stuff. I just think it seems like I've been seeing his face a little bit more than usual. So I think maybe he gets involved and he does some uh, fishy type of uh-huh. activity pun intended <laughs> yeah and uh, and uh i i got because of the extra man in the corner uh, i got the undisputed era and because they're better with titles right like Oop. sorry yeah your computer I had to shut down my porn real quick sorry sorry everyone happens to the best of us right uh i think they're better when they're champions, almost like the EC three is better. I think with the championship, right? You can't be the top 1% if you're losing, you know, yeah. and you can't be the undisputed era. If you're not undisputed in anything. So I think they retain. I like that. I, I agree with that. I, I just don't see storyline wise where they would go with uh mustache mountain, right? Unless it was going to go back and forth, you know, again, yeah. I feel like undisputed era is kind of the, one of the big storylines that they feature and you know, Mm -hmm. they got to kind of, kind of keep it around them is how I feel. Yeah. And you know, by them losing mustache mountain, you can put a feud and throw that into the NXT UK television show. And then hopefully you get some eyes to follow them out to that product. And there you go. Right. So we're watching them on a takeover. They lose, the fat one turns on the little one. Mm-hmm. We go, oh, what happens next? And they say, well, if you want to see what happens next, NXT UK will be on, I don't know, Friday night or whatever. Go watch it over there. And we go, okay. And then we try to watch the main event of the first ever show, Fat Guy versus Little Guy. Fat Guy versus Little Guy coming at you this Sunday on the WWE Network. All right, Tom, we will move on to the NXT Women's Championship. The champion, Shayna Baszler, takes on um, a pirate, Kyrie Sane. Is that, is that Yeah, right? no stupid pirate is winning a title. <laughs> no, we don't have to read it. No, you don't have to read it. Don't no, read I'm it. Read it. I'm reading enough. it. No, yeah. Shayna oh, Baszler right. is going to beat up a pirate, okay? We know. <laughs> it's a stupid pirate. Paul Burchell wasn't cool. Why do you think it, if you make it an Asian lady, it's going to be better? It's a pirate in 2018. And not even a, it's not even a cool pirate like uh, the Captain Phillips. You know, we're taking over boats, Somalian pirate stuff. Yeah. It's, a, it's a cartoon pirate with a damn orc or whatever it is in her hand. Get out of here. How <laughs> yeah. stupid is this character? I'm not picking a pirate. A pirate doesn't need to be talked about on this podcast. It's a pirate for Christ's sake. Who? 
a pirate. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, well, let me think about my pick. Um, let's see. Shannon Baszler, who's probably the best person they, one of the best characters they have on the roster as far as believability uh, when you're watching it, right? Um, or a, a pirate. Pirate! No, <laughs> I think. A stupid pirate! <laughs> yeah. I Look. think. She throws a fun elbow from the top of the turnbuckle, right? That is mesmerizing to see visually. That is really cool, right? Mm -hmm. Because she gets her body almost parallel. She comes down with like a wrecking ball of the point of her elbow right into the heart of her opponent. That's cool. Everything else is a pirate. It's a pirate. Yeah, it's really bad. Uh, I'm going to go with Shayna Baszler on that one. It was tough. But in the end, I think, you know, it's a toss-up, but I'm going to go with the champ. In life, in life, if you have to pick anything and the other side is a pirate, pick against the pirate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Unless you're on a cruise ship, you might want to, you know. Not that kind of a pirate. (laughs) All right. Not the the after-school Disney pirate. Good night. Yeah. She, she's <laughs> it is a Disney after school yeah. pirate too, yeah. Dora the Explorer is more intimidating than that pirate girl. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, pirate. The, the colorful pirate. Yeah. The the color in the book pirates where you get the book pirate. Yeah. The smiley pirate where you like, I'm gonna make my pirate purple and pink. Captain Crunch has scared more kids. Yeah. Good night. A pirate. A pirate. Even have a Long John Silvers gets more kids looking the other way. Long John Silvers <laughs> has done more damage to people's bodies than this pirate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get out of here, you pirate. <laughs> All right. So you're not picking Kyrie Sane, right? I want to clarify for anybody keeping no, score at home. No, I, I got her in the upset. You got her in the upset, schoolboy? <laughs> kidding. No, no, no. All right. Just going to get her with the peg leg pile driver. All right. The NXT her North. She's going to peck to death. Her burn's right. going to come out and peck Shanna Baszler. Right. She's got like a, a, a parrot splash instead of a frog splash, right? And then she's got the peg leg pile driver, right? It sets up the parrot splash, right? Is that what she Why does? Because I fast forward her matches. All right. Yeah. NXT North American Championship. Adam Cole, baby. Defending against Ricochet. If you're looking for that usual takeover match that will have everyone buzzing by the end of the night, then you may not have to look further than this bout. That's probably because it'll be on last. You can't look further. Ricochet has had his run-ins with the Undisputed Era, excuse me, and now he's headed right for the leader. And what he cherishes the most, the North American title he earned WrestleMania weekend. These two former indie darlings will undoubtedly steal the show SummerSlam weekend. Who you got, Tom? I've got Ricochet in this one. Ooh. I think That's a strong pick. Yeah, I think again, when you call yourself the king, right? Mm. King Ricochet, and you don't really have anything to show that you're a king, I think you need something to be a king. So I think it makes sense. And NXT from storyline perspective, I feel always does it right. You know what I'm saying? Now, there's a pirate, but besides the pirate, they all have believable stories as far as what they are. And so, again, King Ricochet would make sense if he had a championship title. Mm-hmm. And 
And I would like, because of his reactions and his really stardom in the mid card, I think Adam Cole needs to be elevated storyline wise to that main event picture. I think it's time for him to say, Hey, I was the first ever NXT North American champion. Now I want to be the undisputed NXT uh, world heavyweight champion. I think that's the next step for him uh, because he's so over every NXT takeover. Oh yeah. Throws his, yeah, puts his head, head down, throws that hair back and everyone goes nuts. So mm-hmm. I can see him. Nuts. Be- Tom feels his nuts. Everything is right with the world. I mean, it really is. Yeah. It so really is. I, I agree with you. Um, and I, I think just watching the whole show start to finish and the storylines and how they'd be playing out if they were playing out the way I and we have picked, um, the bad guys are winning a lot. So, you know what I mean? That would be a nice little, you know what I mean? A nice little thing where the good guy wins and, and like, you're right. They could either continue that story that on that storyline on if say they have a five star and steal the show or, mm-hmm. you know, they go, okay, well, yeah, it's time to maybe elevate Adam Cole Bay Bay and just yeah. move on with Ricochet as the as that as that solid mid-card dude, right? Because he's certainly, at, at, you know what I mean? We can certainly say he could hold that no problem. Definitely. 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 All right. Then we'll move on to the main event of the evening, the NXT Championship. Tommaso Ciampa defending against Johnny Gargano in a last, or it's Ciampa, excuse me, Johnny Gargano in a last man standing match. The main event in Brooklyn this year was supposed to feature a triple threat title match with Ciampa. Ciampa, gosh, I'm doing it again. Defending against Gargano and Alistair Black. Unfortunately, a groin injury has forced Black out of action. So the bout was turned into a third installment of the Champa Gargano series with the last man standing stipulation added in. Whoa, this is about to get brutal, don't you think? I mean, their last match was brutal, right? That DDT yeah. on the wood, yeah. all of the crazy spots by the entrance ramp. Yeah, this could only be even more insane. And if any two wrestlers can say, hey, we're going to do a violent match two times in a row, but you're going to love both matches, I think this storyline and those two guys could deliver it more than any other two people on the entire roster. Main main roster, NXT roster, UK, 205 Live, all of it. I think these two guys paired together deliver the best story in wrestling. Yeah. And so I think if you're saying, hey, we lost what we were going to do in a triple threat, well, you got the best thing possible, maybe even better, with a last man standing match. I've got Johnny Gargano. I just don't feel like you can say a last man standing match he loses, right? The good guy can't not stand up, you know? That's yeah. a quit almost. Now, if there's some shenanigans where he's, his feet are tied to a turnbuckle and he can't get up, and that's a technically last man standing thing, maybe something like that happens. But going back to my last pick, why I think Adam Cole will lose the NXT North American Championship is you've got Johnny Gargano. Tommaso Ciampa goes out with an injury. It is revealed that he's the one that attacked Aleister Black, so then they get their feud. Then you got the Undisputed Era, the three of them, with Adam Cole going after the title, going after the everyman and Johnny Gargano. I think that makes the most sense. I feel like Gargano's winning strictly, though, so they can have a reason to kind of still get the triple threat match in at the next big thing right oh yeah mm-hmm. you get what i'm saying so they'll continue mm-hmm. that three-way dance on if gargano loses that you kind of can't do that right because black will come back and be like hey i get my shot and he's just going after champ and gargano yeah you know, 
Right. Well, and it definitely makes sense because then you could say Alistair Black never got his rematch because of an injury because he got jumped. Right. 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 You find out it was Tommaso Ciampa or Champa, mm-hmm. so he already wants to fight him. Tommaso gets his immediate rematch because he was right. the champion, and Johnny Gargano is the champion, so he's going to be in the match. So yeah, you get triple threat that way. Right. Again, I and that makes sense, right? Do the next one, buy yourself some more time. But I think the best storyline that I want to see is the undisputed era pushed to the main event and going after the main champion, and it's the. We all love Johnny Gargano versus three or four, I guess, heels beating his ass every weekend. Now, or week. overall on this show, man, I since I'd say at least the last two, if not three, of the big show weekends where they have an NXT on Saturday and whatever, one of the big four on Sunday, um, overall, over the whole weekend, an NXT match was probably match of the weekend. You think that still happens? Yeah, because they get more time. Because well, uh, I haven't even counted how many matches are on SummerSlam, but I think there's it's more than double uh, what this is. Yeah, I think it, I think there's 76 matches on yeah, SummerSlam. Right, maybe uh, give or take three. Yeah, so you have 76 matches on SummerSlam, and you have five on five? Takeover. Yeah, you have five on five? Takeover, and so they're gonna get more time. And when you get give a match more time, it's and with the talent they have, it's going to be better, right? So I think even if Tommaso and Gargano is the match of the night, I think Ricochet and Adam Cole is going to be better than every match on SummerSlam just because of the platform and the time that they have, right? Yeah. So I think the top two, maybe even three, if you count the tag team match, was that could be really good as well, is going to be better than anything that SummerSlam does, right? So Dolph Ziggler, Seth Rollins, that match could be really good. But guess what? It'll probably fall flat because it'll be in the fourth hour of a 10-hour show where we're starting to fall asleep and get back up, and we're going to lose interest. And the crowd's going to be flat, and when a crowd's flat, it affects you as at the home. And so even if they're going to kill themselves and be awesome, unless someone goes through a table that's on fire, we're probably going to go, well, I'll watch this next weekend when I have nothing to do, you know. Yeah, um, and something is not getting set through a table that's on fire. So, unfortunately, not. I watched uh, uh, ECW One Night Stand 2005. Good night. That main event of the Dudley Boys and Tommy Dreamer and Sandman. They put cheese graters to their head. That was a normal thing in wrestling. Yeah, that's disturbing. Uh, that is disturbing. You know. For as much as I love the Attitude Era and how ECW is my favorite thing in pro wrestling history, it was fucked, man. <laughs> yeah, it was not good. You know what I watched uh, late one night when I was like laying in bed just hoping I'd drift off to sleep was I watched World War Three from 1997. Uh, is that the one where Macho Man won the title? No. Uh, oh, it that was, was 95, oh, I think. Oh, I don't know about the title. Um I don't, man. So I was in and out, and I, I remember distinctly catching the end. It was the one where Scott Hall won because uh, Kevin Nash came down as Sting from the from the rafters. Like, Kevin Nash, they were like, where's Kevin Nash? Dude, Kevin Nash ain't showing up. He's not in the match, so there's only 59 guys, which is an absurd number. And um, he propels down out of the rafters. Um, in the, Kevin in the, Nash did? Yeah, as Sting, right? He's in Sting's get up, and he's got the bat, and he's like, you know, starts swinging on people, but then he... 
you know what I mean? Like, it becomes clear, like, what? Is Sting turning? Right? And then he rips the mask off, and it's freaking, uh, it's Wow. It's yeah, Nash. I don't remember that at all. Kevin Nash. WCW. Some of the most iconic characters and storylines with the absolute worst finishes and matches. Like, I can't think of a good finish they ever oh, yeah. had. This was, oddly enough, as, as big as that was... It ended awkwardly. They were all just kind of standing yeah. there laughing in the ring, and then like they were like, Kevin Nash, oh, man. You know, and it was just like, wow, that was awkward. You know what I mean? It yeah. Like, yeah, it was weird. That's how, that's how all of WCW is, right? Yeah. Great buildup, great buildup, awesome spot, and oh, we're still going? You're right. What? What? All right. Yeah. Hey. Uh, <laughs> Point. <laughs> Good post. Yeah, yeah we got to do something. Do the yeah, post again. Go to the corner and do the pose. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyhow, back to NXT. Love it. Can't wait for it. Saturday night's going to be awesome. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, especially on an off week of UFC. So that doesn't, that doesn't mean I have to compete with NXT in a UFC pay-per-view fight that I want to see. So free night. Can't wait. Should be fun. Uh, like what it. match are you looking forward to, it, to the most, though? Velveteen Dream. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm bought I'm in. For- yeah, I am too. As far as the character, I can't yeah. wait to see like last time he dressed up as Hogan. What maybe this time he dresses up as Flair? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like something crazy. Uh, so I'm excited for his entrance. I'm looking forward to Ricochet and Adam Cole. I'm just bought in on those match. two guys. Yeah. I know they've probably had 20 matches on the Indies, so they know each other well enough to say like, "I trust you that I'm going to yeah. do this thing." Right. Yeah. So it's not like a never worked with you before kind of thing, and. You know, as much shit as I give the Ricochet style, when it's pared down and tamed through Triple H or Vince McMahon, it's oh, yeah. perfect. It's, it's right, amazing, like it's yeah. not. Yeah, it's not steroids and just over the top and like really, you did seven flips there. Stop it. Right. It you is. You know, it is the performance arts uh, that is sports entertainment done amazingly yeah. well. Yes. Yeah, because when he does when he does his match with Triple H, having to be the person that he has to like get it approved by, he goes from seven flips to two flips, and the two flips mean more. And it's like right. this is better. Yeah, that's what I like. All right. All right, well, we will take a break because you guys better buckle in because we've got seventy six matches to cover when we come back to talk about SummerSlam two thousand eighteen, the year of the new idea. When we return to the Spanish announce table. Fun fact, Lawrence Taylor has been in more WrestleMania main events than Ric Flair. The Spanish Announce Table. Hey, this is Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly. You're listening to and loving and loving the Spanish Announce Table. All right, Tom, we started this show five years ago. Now, we missed during our week off here uh the actual anniversary of that um uh, but it's been five years since we started the spanish announce table and one of our first big things was SummerSlam. yeah our first picks uh-huh. uh were the two was the 2013 SummerSlam in which i called oh yeah that triple h would turn on daniel bryan and randy orton would cash in money in the bank and become champion was that the one where I was like, and Cena turns heel? Yep. Yeah. For the first like three pay-per-view picks, you're like, it's, he's turning heel in this one. And I was like, no, he ain't. Never happening. Never. 
ever, not ever in our lifetimes. So yeah, SummerSlam, it's it's near and dear to our hearts here at the Spanish Announce Table. And five years, man, five years. Now we've done some Tim and Tom and whatever and whatnot, and we've done some tweets. We've been talking, and, but we yeah, we've been talking. Been doing this for five years, man, and we're ready to do SummerSlam again. No no signs of slowing down. What do you think? Yeah, because we keep on talking. We haven't lost that ability to express our opinion and let you know what's up. Ow! I just hit what's my knee. Up? Uh-huh. Oh, man. How just how is he employed? What does he do? What is, he had the one. He has like one funny moment a year that keeps him employed. Right. Yeah. So what was that a couple of weeks ago when he goes, I want a shot at Nakamura's title and I'm going to do what everyone does and I'm going to pin Carmella. And I was like, that ah, was funny. And goes away. Yeah, because you can't say like he's got dirt on somebody because everybody in charge, like their dirt is just public. Right, I mean, it's like Vince McMahon and Triple H, mm-hmm. and like well, you can't have any dirt on those folks. So yeah. we all know it. Yeah, right. So it's like the Omarosa tape. It's like, yeah, okay, you have a tape, but we knew. Yeah, we all knew that. Like, Shocker. and they're not they're not gonna walk away in shame from it, right? You know yeah, they I mean? don't feel that. Right, yeah, they don't so, feel. What, what does it matter people. now, right? Like, because they're just gonna go, eh, yep. Or he's gonna be like, yep. nah, fake news. Didn't say that. No, or, yeah, or he'll say fake news, but then he'll go do his base and be like, guess what? You love that shit, don't you? And they're like, yeah! Yeah, exactly. Like, of course I said that. That's how we get things done, right? Yeah. Yeah. But our truth yeah, he keeps a job because, I don't know, how does that guy keep a job? How is he still wrestling? He, it feels like he's been wrestling since I was in elementary school. That's another thing. He's yeah. been doing this forever. It's like 46. God, going on 100. Like his body must be just beat up because you know he does the house shows, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, so that's what that, he does. Yeah, it, yeah. So you know when I'm making this up, but Samoa Joe requests time off from house show loop. Our truth has to fill in those matches. So, oh yeah, yeah. And, and he's the guy who gets the crowd chanting "What's up" for 20 minutes while they all just hang out. Yeah, yeah. As he walks down uh, the ramp, forgetting the words to a song that he wrote. Yeah, forgetting what town he's in. And then I said, what's up? Go away. Anyhow, SummerSlam, near and dear to our hearts. Let's get right into it. What's the first match? Well, there are three kickoff matches because nowadays there's half as many on the kickoff as there used to be on the whole show. So we have the Raw Tag Team Championships in which the B Team will defend against the Revival. Uh, I The B Team is fun, but it's going to crap out soon enough right i feel like i feel like they're gonna let him go over the revival though still you know i just feel like storyline wise it's gonna play out a little longer bt that's incredible think about this though think about this what you just said mm-hmm. we just did a segment covering five matches of a pay-per-view or a special event whatever you want to call yeah and on this they have almost the same amount of matches on their kickoff. Yeah, more than half. Good night. Uh, B team wins, right? Because yeah. revival, yeah. they're doughy and fat. I mean, they need to they need to put on pants. If you're if you don't have a good body, what are you wearing underwear for? Stop it, right? Yeah. If you don't look like that Tito or who's that one guy in NXT? He looks like a million dollars. He's the one that's. Uh, uh, it's like Tito, San Martino, or, or uh, San Martino. But you know what I'm talking about? Oh, it looks like a million dollars. Yeah, the, the yeah. tall dude with the man bun. You yeah. About? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Well, even like EC3. If you look like EC3, you uh, wear underwear. 
right? Right. But when you when you look like Dawson or Wilder, whatever, whoever, yeah, put on pants, yeah, or a shirt, or or both. Just come out looking like Dean Ambrose because the, I don't want to see your jiggly bits just moving around. It's weird. Dean Ambrose came out looking like uh, Ken Anderson on steroids. No, hold on. We'll get to the the match <laughs> in a second. But he was no bigger than what he was. The true. only thing is he, true. Yeah, yeah. True. The only thing he is he big. worked. A sh- not, well, not even that. The only thing he did is he worked his shoulders a little bit more. Yeah. His arms were no bigger. He got a haircut because he's losing his hair. Right. He yeah, he, he's looked, not, he didn't come back jacked. No. I, I, yeah. well, I mean, look, he was always he always had guns. And, you know, what I mean, like, yes, you're right. And he always had a, you know, his he's thin dude. He kept himself in shape. Uh, yeah. But, yes. Yeah. No, you're right. He didn't come back uh, jacked like Triple H comes back jacked. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. Yeah. He looked... No. Yeah, he looked like no, but a guy. He definitely looked better. Who, well, and he took off the jacket, and he, and yeah, he took his hair off of his neck. So yes, he looks bigger, right? Yeah, but he went from a guy that was benching, you know, two twenty before injury to now a guy that benches two forty five. Where you're like, wow, that's you know pretty impressive, but it's not crazy. He's he got some gains. Yeah, but it's not. <laughs> right. It's nothing to. Right. It's nothing to do a Instagram no, video. But he about. looked like Ken Anderson on steroids showed up. I was like, I was like. Is Ken Ambrose playing the Dean Ambrose, or is Ken Anderson playing the Dean Ambrose character now? Is that what's, is that what's I about? thought he looked like. I thought he was trying to look like Triple H coming back from an injury, though, with the intensity and stuff. Yeah. Like they have, they have three different versions of Triple H right now yeah. on the main roster. Except I think Dean Ambrose's stance, where he bucks his shoulders up and act, you know, it, it came off better when he had the long hair and the leather jacket. Now he looks like a spaz that's trying too hard. Yeah, he looks like Triple H. Yeah, it's yeah. just yeah, you know. Because you right, got Bobby so. Rude. Well, because you got Bobby Rude who plays the rich Triple H. You got Dolph Ziggler who plays the cool Triple H, and then you got Dean Ambrose who plays the jacked up Triple H. It's like all Triple H is doing is saying, "Hey, just be like me, circa 1998. Right. You, yeah, be like me, circa 2005. You." Well, that's hey, what he's got like to me. go off of, and all of those things were better than what you know. What I mean, like. Yeah. They were probably coming to him with, so he's like, you know what, let's try this instead. Yeah. So anyhow, B team. Got B the B team. team. All right, we'll move on to the next kickoff match. It's Rusev and Lana taking on Andrade, Cien Almas, and Zelina Vega. Um, It's a kickoff match, so Rusev and Lana are going to win this. No, I've got CN and J Lo income to win the match because. It is a kickoff uh, match, right? They, right. Rusev, well, right. And that because. Uh, old drama king there, uh, singer boy. Uh, he'll be coming out. Match. Yeah, and something will happen. He, or he might turn on Rusev and Alana aligns with him, and then Rusev's a sympathetic. That'd be cool. I want them to do that tweet that we saw online where he goes back to that vaudeville character and he's like, he kidnaps Lana. And yeah. Rusev's got to be the big burly man to save her. Mm-hmm. And, and he then would Lana's- right into that too because he loves to be fun and goofy. Yeah, but then Lana turns on Rusev and sides with him. Yes, the evil, yes. Now she's the evil Russian again with the, come on, this writes itself. And by the way, Lana, your character, what are you? Yeah, are what? you the Russian, like, are you a Russian uh, hard ass or are you some uh, 
in living color backup dancer who thinks they that pop locking and dropping it is still something cool that we're all doing. Like you get keep it consistent. <sighs> yeah, you are so I don't know across the board. She worked herself into some deal where she might I don't know they like there. I feel like they thought hey, we're going to be able to get her trained up, and maybe that's just not progressing how they thought, and now they're just kind of like, ah. You know what I mean? Well, so when, really promo, well, when she cuts a promo, she goes from elusive to A, and then another thing, yeah, and it's like, it's, what it's are odd. you doing? Right. Yeah, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. Because if you do the villain thing, right, then that would totally make sense, right? So if, if you say she gets kidnapped by Aiden English, right. and let's just say she doesn't side with uh, Aiden English. Rusev is the hero, uh, you know, gets her back from Aiden English on Rusev Day. And then she could be like, oh my goodness, I saw some things. And now she has an American accent and we've lost the whole Russian badass thing. Cool. But what you're doing right now with like the flyboy, Rocco Rock bullshit, yeah. like dancing out and stuff, and then you do into the Rusev Day, you're fucking, yep. you're doing 40% of bullshit. Like, right. cut it out. Or you could go the other way, and she does side with him, but and goes full Russian heel again. Yeah, something. Like, you got to pick a side, something. because right now, you're walking the fence, and you look like an idiot. All right. Um, so you've got... Almas and Vega, and I'm saying Rusev and Lana. All right, cruiserweight. By the way, uh, by the way, you didn't like that little insult that I threw at that girl. I called her J Lo Income. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I did. That was good. That was that was good. <laughs> uh, WWE Cruiserweight Championship: Cedric Alexander versus Drew Gulak. I'm still surprised this cruiserweight thing is a thing. I got Drew. I think they did i think they did the cedric guy and i think they said hey this will be fun this will be good and the other guy well to their credit their matches have been really really good the buddy murphy and cedric alexander match it got all these rave reviews i didn't buy into it but then i checked out the match it was great that the guy right? that used to be with uh, alexa bliss yeah yeah i think they are together in they real life again I, I don't know no idea couldn't tell you either way, but that doesn't go into the storyline. Sure, we don't talk not. about no, I was just asking questions. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think because of the consistency of drew Gulak, right? Cause when they started out, he was a focal point of two Oh five live. Then they did the Enzo thing and he was part of that. And now they're doing the like Lucha party thing. He was part of that. He does the no fly zone. I think he'll be a good champion to say, come chase me. And I, I think they're going to go with him. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, the Cedric Alexander didn't seem to be, you know, breaking the bank there at the WWE uh, cruiserweight division. So yeah, I think they're going to go with the Drew Gulak. Yeah, and he's he's like a slightly better version of Rich Swan. Like he's not the hobo on the corner that dances for a change, but he still doesn't have a lot of charisma. Right. Well, Tom. Uh, Here's something we're going to do because this is not a pick, but we used to do a thing called T-Max story time. And mm -hmm. I want you to write this. I'm not going to give you some things. I just want you to tell me how you would do this. Elias is set to perform his greatest song at SummerSlam. So what's going to happen is he's going to go Ooh. out there and do a song and something's going to happen, right? That's what happens in these situations, right? So Tom, right. Tom what happens? Well, so... It's going to be something with Bobby Lashley because that's what they keep building up to, right? So Bobby Lashley will do – I bet you Bobby Lashley comes out and tries – Right. Uh, 
you know, for as silly as they are, and with this being something silly in, in its own nature, because of the WWE special, they just crapped all over him as like an artist. They were like, no, he sucks, right? <laughs> this is funny. It's like Jeff Jarrett is a heel, you know, all that kind of stuff. So they're playing into the gimmick. I wouldn't be shocked if Bobby Lashley interrupts a song with a rap. He tries to rap, Ugh. and it comes out like he has marbles in his mouth because he doesn't know how to it rap. Does. Yeah, and it just it becomes hilarious, right? So that's what I think they're, they're going to do. I think Elias will say, this town's not worth it. All right, here I go. And Bobby Lashley comes out, right? Right, right. right as he's about to strum the guitar. Bobby they're Lashley popping and rapping. Out. Yeah, he says, you know what? I got something that I can do better than you throw a beat and some referee does a beatbox and we're like, Oh wow. I didn't know that Chad Patton could do beatboxing or whatever it is. And then Lana comes out and break dances behind him. I don't know. Stupid. Anyhow, that's exactly going to happen. Yeah. Or, or because she has nothing going on. Uh, Naomi comes back out as like a fly girl. Like when she was with uh, Brodus clay and dances would make sense. Right. What did they call them? They call them the funkadactyls. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was didn't be- go racist. That's a good call. Very true. But so they'll probably have Bobby Lashley interrupt and try to rap. We all laugh. It's cringeworthy. Okay. <laughs> all right. Get out of here. Bobby Lashley ends with a power slam. Bobby Lashley. What I would do, because this is bullshit. Yeah. What I would do is I would have actually Elias murder it. So I would have someone, I don't know who it is, the CFO guys, Jim yeah, Johnson, yeah, yeah. someone saying, we're going to write and perform the best effing song in yeah. the world. And you do, almost without a match, a double switch to where the crowd boos Elias. Like, ah, dang it, we don't want to hear this. And he sh- and he plays through the boos to where at the end of the match, they're all cheering him because he did such a great job. And like, I would have him, you know, hit the final note, stand up, or you know, because he typically sits when he plays. Yeah. Have him stand up. The lights go down. The lights come back up. Have the entire freaking roster out just applauding him, right. <laughs> and yeah. he, and he just goes. I told you. But, I told as, you. As, yeah, as he's like well, parting the crowd to walk back, McMahon comes out and hugs him. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Or Steph, or Stephanie just shakes his hand firmly, yeah, right. and he goes, and I told you, that's a talent I have. And we're like, that's the thing. Like, that's the number one guy. That's what I would do. Play into it. Because, yeah. yeah, he'll get the booze. He starts to strum. But don't have him do the Brooklyn sucks or anything. I, have him... Yeah, have him do a song from the heart. But I think he's going to get pop of the night the way it's going right now, even though they're trying to do the the heel angle like you're That's talking about. That's what I'm about. saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. The the crowd, by nature, once he says, my name is Elias, walk with Elias, they'll do all that stuff, right? But then they're going to kind of go, like, boo. But again, don't have him cut down Brooklyn. Don't have him cut down the crowd. Don't have him say, this stink hole of a place. Just say, well, this is what I would do. Oh, this is what I would do is – Who's ready to walk with Elias, right? We all do that. He goes, now, the greatest song is a song from my heart. And then, boom, he plays whatever this song is. And again, boom, what? This is boom. And then, yeah, lights go out. You know, spotlight on him. Lights go out. All the lights come on. House lights, everything. Roster of, like, the mid card, right? We're not having Cena out there, for God's sakes. We're having... 
Titus Worldwide and the Revival and Yahoo's like that. Apollo and all those people uh, clapping. And then, the yeah, Cruiserweight Mc- champion, whoever that is, will be out yeah. there because that's, yeah. And then, and then Stephanie McMahon and Triple H kind of nod in approval. And actually, not Triple H, it's Kurt Angle and Stephanie McMahon because this is actually the one thing they can agree on is that Elias is a star. And then you can do because he's got marbles in his mouth and he's got the charisma of a dead cat. Then you could have Bobby Lashley be jealous and go say, no, you jerk off. Like I'm going to beat your ass. And then now he's a heel. And then he could go into like alpha male. I'm doing all these type of curls and, and, and chin ups. Right. Cause that's what we liked in yeah. TNA. Remember that when he was an impact, oh, yeah. it was when like was the heel. Yeah. When he's like, I'm, yeah, he's like, I'm the fittest guy here. Look at this cool stuff. Then you have him as a heel, and it makes sense because no one likes Lashley. I mean, he's a fine guy, but good night. He has... We like Bobby Lashley, the guy. Bobby Lashley, oh, the yeah. character nobody likes. <laughs> yeah, Frank, good guy. Bobby Lashley, sucks. So uh, <laughs> you said he has the charisma of a dead cat. I think he always has the facial expression. Like he's trying to figure out if somebody nearby farted. <laughs> <laughs> You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's yeah. just got that look. Like, is that a fart? <laughs> yeah. I, just, I walked past the crowd. Who farted? Right. <laughs> so, all right, let's move on. Then we got SmackDown Tag Team Championships: The Bludgeon Brothers versus the New Day. Um, for all the greatness that all of these people are, I feel kind of meh about this match coming up. Yeah, I hope the Bludgeon Brothers, uh, the New Day. You know, your pancakes are fun now. And before it was pancakes, it was uh, cereal. It's all fun. I love I have a New Day shirt. I have a New Day hat. I like to talk about them to people who don't know wrestling saying, like, look how awesome these guys are. They're fun. Love it. But we need to inject some something Something. into it. Yeah, and, and it needs to be something. I don't know. Big E needs to turn, or they need to turn as heels. Yeah, you know, they, they can all, stay together. Could they all turn heel. How would you do it? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't do it in this match, right? No, so I'd have them not. lose. Yeah. I'd have them lose. And then I'd have them say, you know, the next team up, let's just say it's the bar. They're not getting that shot. We're going to get it again. And they say, Paige goes, no. And they go, really? And they jump them backstage, right? And they carry them out. And the crowd will cheer, right? Because, ah, the bar stinks. And then Paige goes, fine. You know what? You injured uh, Sheamus. The next team up, the Usos. Oh, we have history with them. They beat them up. They we're still kind of cheering, right? And then the next team up is Sanity. They beat them. And then we're like, hey, guys, stop being dicks. And let someone else wrestle. And they're like, nope, the spot is ours. And they just beat everyone up by underhanded tactics. They don't like bully them because they're fun, right? Like, eh, whatever. So it's Kofi distracts them with a plate of pancakes to the face. Big E then slams them through a table backstage, right? Right. That, that kind Costumes. of Costumes. Yeah. Shenanigans. Three card money. Yeah, that whole. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But not have them do like the fun stuff anymore. Like get rid of the trombone. That's not a thing anymore, right? And don't have them do the, we turned on you. Just be like, we're pissed off. We're tired of this. And it's time to get serious. And by time to get serious, means everyone's got to pay. Now their props have to get annoying, right? You don't want to chill on it. It's got to be something weird. Or or I would just scale it back. Not to mimic it, but how the Usos went from 
bright colors to black and white, right? You know, not again, we don't want the same team twice, but something similar to that, right? To where now, but again, heel to where Usos can be your everyday tag team. Like, hey, man, we're out here trying to be two brothers to fight for what we believe in. The New Day goes, the New Day is that it's our day and everyone is getting these hands. You know, obviously don't say what Braun says, but you get what the gist of it. That's how I would do it. But for this match, yeah, Bludgeon Brothers, I think they're, they're going to rule the day. Yeah. Today is not your day. Because today is a new day. And then they just beat you up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, easy. Mm -hmm. It's easy. All right. Let's see then. Yeah, I'm thinking Bludgeon Brothers too. Because I just don't. Oh, you know what? I don't know. They they might want to get another. How many time champions would it be out of the new day? I don't know. Five. It'll be five. Mm. And, we know and you know how e Biggie loves that. five. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to say new day. Swerve. All right. Finn Balor taking on Constable Baron Corbin. Who is winning this? Constable Baron Corbin is. No, it'll be uh, Finn. God, I don't want that to be the case. Yep. I don't like Finn Balor. I just don't like him. I like this Finn Balor more than the demon that sometimes shows up because that makes no sense. Yeah, why is hey, he demonic suddenly? Well, it's, it's not even that. It's just like, hey, you're... Uh, you're not worth my paint and demon on Raw, but if you face me at a pay-per-view, then I've got to get serious. Some pay-per-views. Yeah, and not yeah, and sometimes it's not even all of them. Yeah, I think I think if you play him as the boy meets world kind of figuring life out, smiley face guy, look at my dick, I got seventeen abs, fucking great. That's awesome keep doing that but the the i'm a demon no i'm not i'm a demon no i'm not no i'm not no i'm not demon demon no i'm not it's what are you doing you weirdo I, just I, be one thing or not i think that's a true fact he has 17 abs i yeah Guinness said it i think i don't know we don't fact check but i heard of that i just think nobody is buying into the finn balor from this storyline Points, I don't I think like. anyone's buying into constable. No one even knows what the fuck a constable is. First off, yeah, think it's a, a consonant. Yeah. That's a stupid thing. And why he's dressed up like a bartender to have to wrestle is another dumb thing. You know, I want him to make he me just, a gin and tonic. He looks of like a bartender at the hotel. Yeah. It's right. like you got into a fight because he made it, uh, the gin and tonic too weak. <laughs> and so you're going to fight him over. Like that's what he looks and, like. And that would sound better than Constable Baron Corbin would be bartender Baron Corbin. At least then yeah. I want to like him when I first meet him. All right. Yeah. Well, I think we'll move on to the United States title. Shinsuke Nakamura and Jeff Hardy. I got to think Shinsuke is winning this one. Uh, going back to Baron Corbin, if he was a bartender, bartender Baron, and he could say, everyone must tip. <laughs> yeah. No, it's that's it. <laughs> You're getting cut off. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that <would> exactly. <laughs> That's way better than this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nakamura and Jeff Hardy. Uh, what? What? Uh, who cares? This is stupid. Um, it's it's Nakamura. Randy Orton's old ass is gonna do something. By the way, as we're recording, 14 years ago was the first time he won the world championship. He became the youngest champion, so, you know, he's not terribly old. But I'm just saying, he's been in our lives for 14 years doing just subpar work for the most of it. The same and thing. yeah. 
after the Legend Killer. Like Legend Killer was when he peaked. The sad thing is, is he peaked at WrestleMania 21. Uh, yeah, that Legend Killer and, thing was great. That was great. And then the, the Evolution thing that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, but since then, pfft, sucks. Anyhow, his boring ass will get involved, and then uh, Nakamura will dick kick or something. Jeff Hardy. Why is Jeff Hardy in our lives either? What is oh, cool? You paint your face and sometimes you paint well, your eyes. He's another one who's been in our life for like 14 years doing the same thing. Here's a fun fact about Jeff Hardy. He was in WWE before Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> That's a real fact. Yeah. Wow. Stone Cold, Stone Cold Steve Austin's first ever match as the million dollar champ, you know, whatever, with Ted DiBiase. The ring His master. first the ringmaster, yeah, the ringmaster Steve Austin's first match in WWE. Here's a fun fact for you: was against Matt Hardy. Wow! Because Matt Hardy was the veteran in yeah. WWE. Yeah. <laughs> what a what an interesting uh, switch that is now, huh? Yeah. All right, so we both think Shinsuke's winning this one. Uh, right, Daniel Bryan versus The Miz, which uh, I, think, I think Daniel Bryan's winning this one. But did you watch SmackDown? Oh yeah, the the tape promos back and forth was the one of the best things I've seen in a long time. And it was a three parter, so you didn't get exhausted by hearing the whole story at once. And you got the real good stuff at the start. You got the talking because each guy got their shit in right. So the first one was both of them right. So I'm the pro, uh, you're right. my uh, rookie. There's friction, right? And then Miz got his part with the Talking Smack promo and how awesome that was. And then Daniel Bryan got his segment with the I'm coming back, I'm fighting for my dreams, all that stuff. So they both each got a segment and then they shared the first one. I thought the 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 sharing of storylines was perfect. I thought those vignettes were perfect. I liked how each vignette started with the same uh, quick like 30-second encompassing of the entire rivalry. You know, it showed all the right. little highlights and then it went into it. Thought it was perfect. That is how you do storyline writing. Oh, eight years in the making. Perfect, 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 perfect. I think Daniel Bryan has to win because to me, if you're ranking Daniel Bryan's greatest rivals, it would be one, the authority, and then two, the Miz. And you have to, as a babyface, conquer both of those, right? Like for me, the Miz's greatest rival isn't Daniel Bryan. The Miz's greatest rival to me is John Cena. That and so the Miz can lose to Daniel Bryan because if you were to you know look at the entire career of the Miz, you could say, well, John Morrison, John Cena, uh, his relationship with Maurice, um, you know, the A-lister, all that stuff. Daniel Bryan plays up there, but he's not the focal point. So I think Daniel Bryan has to win this to catapult him. I do too. Into more fun stories. I do too, and I, you're right about the Miz. I, here's what sucks for the Miz: his greatest two rivals are probably Cena and The Rock from that thing, and they're both not around really anymore. So the Miz has got to yeah. kind of get something going, maybe that is bigger, because I feel like he could be just, I guess, maybe more impactful on the show than he is, given his veteran status. Now he's doing some of the best work on the mic that I've ever seen out of him, which he's always been consistent. Yeah. Consistently. Yeah. So, um, but you're right. This particular storyline has to go the way of Daniel Bryan, especially the way they've been selling it in those vignettes, you know? So, mm-hmm. uh, it's just got, and be. I, and I hope, and I don't know when we're going to get to the match, but if, if they decide to have AJ styles retain 
the championship match or the championship, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing a triple threat with the elevated storyline, kind of like what they were trying to do in NXT with Gargano and Tommaso and elevate that storyline with the champion. And then you get a triple threat of AJ Styles, Miz and Daniel Bryan, right? So you got the storyline with Miz and Daniel Bryan hating each other, trying to prove who's the best. And now they're going to go up against the best in AJ Styles. Boom. That's a fun storyline right there. Yeah. Daniel Bryan wins in a way that like kind of catches Miz off guard real quick. And so then he's going to be bragging about it. They're going to give him a championship match against AJ Styles. Miz is going to come out being upset about it. Like, no, no, you know, you, you took advantage of the referee's back being turned. Right. Uh, Yeah. And then he's going to try to beat everybody up in the ring and it's going to turn into a triple threat. Yeah. That would be fun. Hmm? If they decide to go with AJ Styles. But I think, yeah, I think, uh, I think Daniel Bryan, uh, needs this more. I think if Daniel Bryan loses, then he flounders storyline wise because he lost to his greatest rival. And then what? And Big Cass. Well, no, he beat yeah. Big Cass, didn't he? He beat, he beat the shit out of Big Cass. I like that. <laughs> and beat him Who's out now of the going building, to, apparently. <laughs> yeah, and now he's going as Big Cass with C A Z Z. Big Cass. That's dumb. Because he's dumb. If he was a foot shorter, he'd be a backup roadie for a bad rock band. Yeah, yeah. Ah, the tag team that never was, I guess. All right, the SmackDown Women's Championship. Carmella versus Charlotte versus Becky Lynch in a triple threat. I want Carmella to keep it. I got a heel turn from Charlotte. Good one. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it makes sense to have... Carmella kind of get put in her place, right? So I love that line from Charlotte who said, you're a diva in a women's division. That line, woo, fire. Yeah, that was hot. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So I think somehow, you know, between just the, the offensive moves of Becky Lynch and Charlotte, Carmella rolls out to the ring, and then you, I don't know what women, you know, you can't do a low blow. I mean, maybe can, I don't know. But you do something to where Charlotte wins over Becky by doing a heel tactic. Yeah, exactly. Like, Becky's got a pinfall, but Charlotte um, nags her, you know, does something kind of dirty to steal the pinfall. And Becky's like, okay, but she's playing nice, you know. But you can tell she's kind of like, whatever. And then Charlotte's just like, yeah, well, you know what I mean? And just really lays into her and beats her up, like, post-match even, right? Like, just just destroys well, her. Yeah, you could have you could have Charlotte hold the rope or put her feet on the ropes for the three count. Becky realizes that the ref doesn't see it. So then Charlotte becomes the new champion. Becky gets up and was like, hey, what was that? And then Charlotte, yeah, kicks right. her in the face. Right. And then puts the boots to her and then you could put Carmella with Naomi, right? So Carmella could go, Hey, I was a former champion. I deserve my rematch. And Naomi could just pop out of nowhere and say, Oh, you're a former champion who wants a title match. Well, so do I let's fight over it. And then boom, those two can go together. See how I write in just like five seconds. I like that. Yeah. They're, yeah. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to do that. And I think, yeah. <laughs> I think Carmella yeah. wins. All right. Intercontinental Championship, Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins with, of course, uh, the, whatever they called him, the Scottish Psychopath and uh, uh, the Lunatic Fringe in their respective corners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
So I don't know. Th- this is dependent. So if you're reading the lineup as it's supposed to be, then this won't happen. But this is what I want to happen. Uh, Dean Ambrose turns on Seth Rollins. We finally get Dean Ambrose as a heel. I don't. I'm tired of the. I'm a lunatic, but you like me? No. Yeah. Just be crazy. Be crazy. And we like Seth Rollins. He's good looking. He's fun. He has the cool moves. You kind of, Dean, you kind of look like a hobo. So tired of it. So you have Dean take out uh, Scottish Diesel and he, he falls out into the (laughs) crowd. Right. And then you have Dolph and Seth going back and forth, back and forth. And then when to you, (laughs) Diesel. (laughs) that's terrible. Scottish accent. Living legend's going to hate me. He's going to, I like that though. Yeah. But so I would do something to the effect of, uh, you know, Dean could help out Seth in this one part of the match where the ref isn't looking or ref is knocked out. And then Dean goes, you know what? You're the reason I got hurt and I had to do all this rehab. Wabap! And turns on Seth. Dolph gets, yeah, Dolph gets the pin. Then you have Dolph, uh, brag on Monday night raw that I'm the best champion ever. And old Scottish diesel gives them the stink eye. And then you start to plant those seeds. And then you have that happen at survivor series. I think that's right. Um, but they're going to do it. They're, but they're not going to do it. Right. <laughs> the shield most must pose. That's what they'll say. The shield must pose. Shield must pose. Um, um no, I could see Ziggler still winning, and then they do the shield must pose after, right? They get their come up and uh, after the match. Um, I think I think they're gonna stick with Ziggler with the belt just because of the. I think they like that team and the way the that those that heel team is kind of working out. So yeah, I think they'll stick with Ziggler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, what's next? Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens. So Strowman must pose is the, is the the must pose of the most posiest uh in wwe right now right uh, if you think of all of the big events this year from wrestlemania he got the kid and him to win the championship the freaking show in saudi arabia ended with him and a belt that isn't even real posing yeah he's so yeah belt. yeah he's the guy yeah who is posing right now <sighs> It would be cool if Kevin Owens did it, right? The storyline would be Braun gets counted out or something, and that's why he loses the match. Right. But, and again, I hate to sue, like, oh, but merchandise and stuff. But from a storyline aspect, it's weird that they would make a T-shirt that says Monster in the Bank and push this stupid nickname and then have him just lose to Kevin Owens, right? Like, that doesn't make sense. Uh, again, that's thinking about the business, Dave well, Meltzer. Crap. Here's but, what they do with that: is Kevin Owens wins it, and the monster wants it back, and he starts putting Kevin Owens through even more torture than he's done before, uh, yeah. right? And then, and then, okay, I'll put it on the line. You know, get sucked if you'll just stop doing this to me, and then and then and, loses. And then loses. Yeah, right. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, you almost but, made me buy into that. But they're not going to do it. Yeah, Braun will will do some power slam. Yeah. All right. Raw Women's Championship. Alexa Bliss versus Ronda Rousey. And I just feel like this is inevitable, isn't it? Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam wins the championship. She's on USA Today and and on the Tonight Show and carrying the belt. Mm -hmm. 
That's what I think of this. Uh, yeah, fine. And she's fine. She's fine. Fine. Yeah. I, I Her promo, God, she sounds like she's confused on what words are. Yeah, no boy. Uh, just don't, don't have her talk. The reason, for people who are unaware of her UFC career, the whole reason why she was a spectacle and a marquee fighter is she was ending fights quicker than an Instagram video. That's why... It was so incredible that she was arm barring people in 10 seconds. Right. It wasn't because she was charismatic like Conor McGregor or had some funky style like Anderson Silva. It's just she went in there and literally beat their girl's ass and won. And we're like, no way. Fun fact. There's only three people in UFC history to win their first six fights by TKO or submission. Anderson Silva, Rich Franklin, and Ronda Rousey. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. There's the reason it wasn't because she was captivating with an interview. She, no. It was rapid dominance. Right. And so if they do that, which when she does that, right, with the Stephanie McMahon running at her and Stephanie gets all freaked out and she just hip tosses Triple H and all that stuff, that's when she's awesome. So if she wins the title, it's going to be weird, but that's what she needs to do. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be Ronda. That is. Um, yeah, that, that's what I felt like they were doing with Shayna Baszler. Um, I felt like she they, was, you know what I mean? Like yeah, she was good. what they thought Ronda Rousey was, should be, you know? Mm-hmm. Just, but I don't know. Yeah. Coming from the UFC, the, the dominant thing almost had to be a heel, but they just couldn't pull that trigger. They had to Not yet. be, yeah. yeah. Oh, I still think the the whole, I don't know, what I already forgot what that women's pay-per-view is whatever that's called evolution in it. Sure. Uh, you could have literally said any word there. Um, I think the main event of that pay-per-view is going to be the four horsewomen versus the four horsewomen. And so I'm not going to be shocked if after Rhonda wins, yeah. we get a heel turn because the heels will be Rhonda Shayna. Cause Shayna is the best heel, uh, Jessamine Duke. And then, uh, old fun face versus uh hugger sasha becky and charlotte fun face i can't remember her name she sucked as a fighter she sucks as a wrestler she's married to roderick strong that tells you the type of people she's into fucking vanilla yeah her her favorite her favorite soft drink is water <laughs> her favorite soft drink is Lacroix. all right let's <laughs> <laughs> Right? All right. Yeah. Or it tastes like you stored it next to bananas. Well, no, LaCroix (laughs) tastes like you you dissolved an old Skittle in water and then said, this tastes good. Yeah. All right. WWE Championship match. AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. Man, Samoa Joe. That's the storyline I want to see. I want to see him win, have a title. Samoa Joe. You know, Joe, right? Just alpha male, rape you in the shower, Samoa Joe, you know? Yeah. But I don't know if they're going to do it because I feel like they've just, I don't know, man. I just, they love them, some AJ Styles. Yeah, and AJ's great. And AJ still gets cheered in every SmackDown episode there is, right? Every SmackDown episode, he still gets the, they did a 20 second thing. Yeah, but he, but we all love him, right? So like, 
on this last SmackDown, they chanted his name for 25 seconds past when they should have. Yeah. Like, it's not, we're not booing him, you know, collectively uh, is what I'm saying. Now, I want Samoa Joe to win. Saying that after all the other picks I made, that would mean all heels would be SmackDown champions, right? Yeah. So Charlotte as a heel, Nakamura as a heel, the tag team as the Bludgeon Brothers heel, and then Joe is a heel. So maybe I'm wrong on that, but they just AJ Styles has been champ champion since November. If he gets All through, yeah. yeah, if he gets through uh, Samoa Joe in one match, I mean, like I said, unless they do the Daniel Bryan Miz elevated storyline to the title and just incorporate him into it, there's really nothing else for him to do. Now, right. if if Samoa Joe beats him. And then tells him, I told you, your wife wants you home and pisses AJ Styles off. Now, that's a fun story, right? So he beats him. And then on Tuesday on SmackDown, he says, see, go home. Your wife wants you there. And he's like, you son of a bitch. So I think they could still pull that off, but have Samoa Joe get disqualified by just outwardly beating him too bad on the outside or something, you know, which would cause Styles to want to come back and you know, I'll put it up again or whatever, you know? Yeah. 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 They could definitely do that. Yeah. That could work, but I, I, I'm still going to Mojo. I think think I'm I'm maybe AJ styles, but because Joe gets disqualified, I think maybe I'm wrong on the Nakamura match. I think maybe Jeff Hardy wins it back and then you get the, a triple threat between the three. Right. But, uh, I, I've got uh, I've got Samoa Joe. I hope he I hope he chokes him out. That would be the coolest. Like remember when Kevin Owens won the title from Sami Zayn in NXT, and it was because of the TKO. Like he didn't pin him and he didn't submit him. The ref was like, "This yeah. is too yeah. much." That would be cool. That would be cool if AJ puts up the fight of his life, which because of time he can't. But let's just say he puts up the fight of his life and Samoa Joe still is like, that isn't enough. Almost the Thanos uh, Avengers kind of thing where it's like all the Avengers are throwing everything they have at this guy and he's like, nah. Or or, or uh, the the uh, Bane and Batman, you know, right, when Bane yeah. just broke his back, he's like, you are not good enough for this. If they do that, that would be cool. All right. The match we're all here to see, the Universal Championship, Brock Lesnar. Ellsworth. Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. I think Roman Reigns wins, and I think he. I think it's because Paul Heyman helps him, and and that's really what I want. I'm saying what I want, and and he becomes the Paul Heyman guy, right? That's his new client. Like they actually, that was a swerve, even what they did, right? Double. Yeah. High. Double hot. Yeah. That's what I want to happen. I just I don't, don't know, know that it will. I feel like from a storyline aspect, yes, this should be when Roman Reigns finally gets the victory over Brock. It would be cool if Paul Heyman did the Brock, you treated me like crap. I'm going with someone who wants me, right? One of those things. Right. Now I'm thinking about the business, Dave Milter style. I still think Vince thinks that Brock Lesnar, even though he won't, can beat Daniel Cormier, and he wants 
Brock Lesnar to throw the UFC title on one shoulder and the WWE championship on the other shoulder in a UFC octagon. I still think that's what he wants. Now that fight's not happening until yeah, that fight isn't happening until January, February. So he could still lose it and then gain it back. I'm gonna go storyline. I'm not thinking about business and all that stuff. I'm gonna say that finally at SummerSlam, unlike WrestleMania. The big moment for Roman Reigns is that he finally overcomes Brock Lesnar. Clean. Clean. Ew. God, that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, probably. SummerSlam. SummerSlam, Tom. Another one will come and go, and we'll be back next week, don't you think? Anything else you want to share about SummerSlam before we trail out of here? I'm upset with WWE, generally speaking, because they've chose to do content uh, hours over storylines. And so as a consumer, it makes me just want to DVR and Twitter uh, the wrestling and say, I'll just watch the fun stuff and forget the other stuff. Uh, So that makes me sad. Especially at SummerSlam and WrestleMania when those things were supposed to be special, a little bit different than a backlash, you know. Right. Uh, so that makes me kind of sad. Um, but it's still SummerSlam, and there's a lot of fun matches on paper, right? Oh, five yeah. years, five years ago, you say, "Hey, at SummerSlam for the WWE Championship, it's going to be Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles." Like when we started this podcast, and I told you that, you would have said you're an idiot. Yeah. And I was like, "It's going to happen, going to happen," and now it is, right? I told you we would never see AJ Styles in WWE. Yeah. And then add Samoa Joe on top of that, right? Uh, And then you also have eight years in the making, Daniel Bryan, Miz. So there's a lot of fun things to to sink your teeth into. But again, they've chose content hours over storyline. So it's a little bit watered down. But you know what? We're wrestling fans. We can take it. Yeah, we just got to watch over two days now to get the parts that we like. So that's, that's what they've done to us now, right? Expose us. That is what they've done. Yep. So, all right, then that's what we will do to you next week when we come back with another exciting edition of the Spanish announce table. Fun fact The Undertaker has never walked into WrestleMania as a world champion. The Spanish announce table.